are listening to episode number 11 of Smash the Bug podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Maxwell, and I am excited to bring on a, a really wonderful person. I've had the opportunity to interact with this person over the course of, I don't know, about the last year or so, and been very impressed with his depth of knowledge and his skill set and willingness to help, which is a, goes so far, and it's what has made the Magento community, I believe, so special is people like this person. So before we, I introduce this person, I do always need to call out that uh, Smash the Bug is available on YouTube and um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. In other words, wherever you go to listen to your podcasts, you will find Smash the Bug there. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on future great episodes similar to this one. So without further ado, I'd love to bring on Simon Frost. Welcome, Simon. You're from uh, York in the wonderful country of the United Kingdom, right? Hello. Yes. Greetings from across the pond here. Yes. Well, it is. It's a pleasure to have you on. Um, I know you're a certified individual. So in other words, you know what you're talking about. So you have you have three Magento certifications, right? Yes, I do. Yes. Um, I got the certified professional which was the associate for Magento yes. 2. Mm-hmm. And uh, before that, I had the Magento 1, mm-hmm. both of them, the developer and developer plus. Yeah, so Very I got nice. both of them. Very nice. And the other big news that you just shared with the world the other day is that you're writing a new book, which, at least what, in my experience, is kind of a big project. Yeah, so um, um, I think I'm realizing just how big a project uh, that is. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I do I do love the challenge, and um, this is something that I've been thinking about for a while, so I just decided to just jump straight in and just, just start doing it. And, you know, Good like, for you. Yeah. Well, and the truth is, yeah, exactly. There's no time like now. Maybe just take 60 seconds and give us the most shameless plug you can imagine for this book. I want to hear it. We all uh, work with uh, Magento to admin every day, and um, it's one of the more complicated aspects of Magento 2. In this book, I'm, it's not going to be a basic, you know, how do you write a module kind of thing, because right. there's thousands of us already. This is going to be a deep dive, really forensic analysis of, all the different parts of the Magento admin panel. You can um, take what the what the core developers have done, and then you can adapt those elements and start producing your own like um, amazing interfaces for the admin panel. Nice. That sounds like a, a such a needed book. I, I know with even from a recent project that I worked on, or that I am currently working on, <clears throat> the the previous developers they knew how to build grids in the admin panel. And there was a lot of grids that needed to be built, but it was a great revelation that grids are not, grids and forms really are not the only mechanisms that we need. Like there's, there is a lot of ways that we do need to present or visualize data. And it, again, it's not just in the form of grids. And so I'm excited about this book. I am looking forward to, well, I'll just say this, I'll be one of the first purchasers of the book when it uh, is released. So um, hopefully you'll keep us up to date as far as when that release is coming and certainly when it's imminent. Yeah, uh, certainly. Yeah, planning to write write a chapter at a time at the moment, and then just uh, release each chapter uh, ah, for like brilliant uh, a preview, and then I'll be able to incorporate suggestions and feedback. So nice. Yeah, the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So let's dig in. Um, in our conversations, you've definitely 
seem like, and again, obviously not been through formal interview process, for example, but like you, you seem to have a really good, uh, grasp of debugging of Magento and, and really a, you seem like an experienced debugger. So, and, and this has become such a huge focus of mine just because there's so many developers out there, but there seems like a huge dearth of information as far as how do you approach a problem? How do you solve a problem? So for this experienced developer, meaning Simon, how do you approach a problem that might seem difficult, unsolvable, challenging, whatever the adjective you want to use? What, what is your uh, approach to these type of problems? Mm, right, yes. Well, uh, yeah, debugging, it's uh, an essential skill. And uh, mm -hmm. I think when I'm presented with a problem, first thing I do is if I think that the error message or something about the bug sounds rather familiar, perhaps there's something that I've encountered in my past, for example, then I've got my own um, little like a list or going library of problems I've encountered in my past and the uh, accompanying solutions as well. So if I think it sounds familiar, then I'll, that's my first step. I've managed to save uh, you know, hours by going through this list and then trying things which were already in there. And yeah, so that's the first step. So, um, so let me stop you there though. So basically you have like a personal solutions log that you've written down. Yes. Absolutely. Is it in, is it GitHub? Is it like a gist? Is it uh, Google docs? I'm not asking you to share it, but I'm just like, what is the medium that you usually store this in? Yeah. So I store it in gist. Um, okay. so it always stays, uh, with me and it's a list of um common just common problems that um well, some not so common ones which uh i've come across in my uh, development and not just like building mm -hmm. stuff for clients but also just when like uh, researching things it's one of my uh pro tips is uh, once you've fixed a bug always document the fix that's so, so good the, the most uh, the most frustrating thing is to like be debugging something and be thinking, no, I've definitely fixed this before. How did I fix it? And you can't remember. So yeah. <laughs> I love it, man. That is so good. That is so good. And it's a challenge to me. I, I definitely uh, try to keep some logs, but I, it's nowhere as detailed as every uh, bug that I face. And it feels like I, I, I keep running into some weird stuff. I assume, do you like version it? Let me just ask you this. Do you version it? So for example, like it's Magento. Oh, I was just dealing with a, I'll talk about this in the podcast we'll record on Saturday, but like I was dealing with some crazy indexer issues on uh, Magento 241 and not sure if it's fixed in 242. I, I've just, I think there was a, someone, Danny Vercade, I'm probably totally butchered his name, tweeted out this morning about some of performance updates uh, for indexers in Magento 242. Do you version it or is it just like uh, just a log? Like how do you keep that relevant? I guess is the question. Mm, yes. Yeah, it is kind of versioned in that I will write down like the version number of Magento. So I think the version number of Magento is the main thing. Okay. But yeah, so with this step, I only try to spend less than half an hour on this step because this, uh, I think, is like a preliminary step mm -hmm. before we actually yeah. go into the meat of it. So if, if we're lucky, we can solve it at this point, and that's the best outcome. Yeah. Um, the, the least time and obviously time is money. If I'm not able to find like a quick fix, or I've not come across it before, and um, then it's on to the ev evidence gathering stage. 
Um, so with evidence, you know, a bug is like investigating a crime scene. You know, you have to invest, you have to gather your evidence like from log files and uh, like Love LMS it, yes. things which a client might have noticed to going wrong mm. and that kind of stuff. And hopefully those things might give you some clues as to what the bug might be or if not, like at least pointers as to where to start uh, investigating. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, do you have any examples of when you've had to, or when this the, this first level, this first round of uh, troubleshooting has solved the problem? Uh, yeah, so um, uh, maybe like a, a month ago, uh, we had an issue reported by a client where they were no longer able to save customer records for some reason, and this <laughs> appeared just um, just like crop up overnight. Yeah, with the gathering the evidence, yeah. Another thing that um, I suggest is um, admin action logs. So if you've got, if you're mm. on Commerce Edition, um, I believe it's built in, or if you can install it uh, in uh, open source, then it can be a real godsend in understanding like what's happened <laughs> Why did all my products, why are my products deleted? Is it a problem in the code or is it, oh, yeah, I deleted uh, that. Oh, oh, that yeah. stinks. Okay, well, <laughs> I've had that very situation. You know, the other thing is, Simon, um, I've been just coming across this, finding it really useful lately, is Nginx or Apache access logs. And I've been, so I see that, for example, a, a something was changing the database at this certain time. And the other thing is, um, I actually, I didn't put this in the book, but um, the art of e-commerce debugging book, but I've so come to believe in created at and updated at timestamps for almost every entity we touch, because then you can triangulate that, that updated at column with a uh, Nginx or a Pat or a, yeah, Apache uh, air uh, access logs. And you can start seeing, okay, what, was it a controller that got hit? Which controller got hit? Is it a uh, REST API? And it starts filling in a whole bunch more pictures, stuff that I, I never really appreciated that much. And so uh, that's that was something that I recently come across. And I was just, I've been used, I've used that the last few days. Uh, and that's been, that's been really enlightening. Yeah, it's really, um, like I said, yeah, it's like you have to be like forensic analysis yes. of uh, the crime scene. So like uh, updated at timestamps, um, yeah, they're really useful uh, and combing through log files as well. You know, again, mm -hmm. I'm really, um, really experienced with how to use like command line utilities like uh, the tail and log and the uh, sed and awk and that kind of stuff. To oh, now we're talking sed and awk. <laughs> I, 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 I'm terrible at that. Like I, I have, I immediately driven to stack overflow. I can do, I could do, I'm decent at regular expressions, but boy, when it, I just, I have not wrapped my mind around that. So kudos to you for getting that, those figured out. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's another pro tip is that, um, I just keep a, a quick cheat sheet of, um, ah. like, um, handy bash commands. Yeah. Cause unfortunately, uh, I'm not superhuman. So uh, I can't always remember all the different like uh, yeah. switches and when you're when you're looking at um, in this investigation phase, I like to think of it like you're trying to find the footprints of the user and trying to understand or, or another process because it might not be a human user that's interacting mm -hmm. with us, of course. So, like um, almost like reverse engineering what happened to call bug. Yeah. 
So that's why this evidence gathering phase is so critical. If you want to prevent MOG files from being overwritten or updated at timestamps from being updated as well. Even if you even if you don't get a fix at this point, then you've got lots of evidence which is gonna help you in the next stage. Yes it will. You know, I have to I have to take a break here, Simon. It's kinda of sounding like the TAD framework. Remember that from the art of e-commerce debugging? So we have the first one is taking inventory. You know, we're gathering the evidence. Second one, I'm kind of anticipating you're going to say, and I could be wrong, but I, I'm anticipating you're going to say that you try to get a, a fix based off of the evidence you've gathered. Maybe I'm wrong there. Yeah, yeah, that's certainly one. Um, that's part of it. Yeah, um, gathering the evidence. Yeah, that's that's certainly useful. It's one technique. The other techniques as well, like um, it. Um, you might not need to do a lot of evidence gathering if it's if it's like a, a problem in code you've written or a colleague or like a third party developer has written then probably not going to be as much evidence to gather in terms of things like log files and stuff. Right. The one other thing that has stood out to me in what you've said thus far is on a number of these steps we've been talking about them, you have time limits. Uh, and I assume the reason, yeah. I'm guessing you have two, two reasons for that. Number one, just because you, you you don't want to waste time, like you say, time is money, yeah, on, a, yeah. on a dead end. But also, I'm guessing maybe this is a benefit, I don't know if this is a reason, at least a benefit of those time limits is that it prevents you from getting tunnel vision, like it's a reset point. And at least it's been very helpful for me in where really am I at? Just, you know, I get so deep in the weeds, troubleshooting an indexer or something like yesterday, like, yeah. What's the problem I'm actually troubleshooting in the first place? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I totally, I totally get that. Yeah, sometimes I think um, I've been like um, stepping through the code so much with XD bugs that, I, yeah, I've, I'll be thinking, wait a minute, what am I, what am I looking for again? Or, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, oh yeah, for sure. So um, yeah, I mean, tunnel vision. Yeah, that's definitely a, a problem you can come up against, especially with a framework which is so um, verbose as Magento with all these uh, thousands of files. And, yeah, so you can really go down the rabbit hole if you're if you're not careful. Like Xdebug, um, you just touched upon it there. I mean, it's a, it's an essential tool, but you have some little like rules when I'm using it to stop me from like going down the rabbit hole. I'll usually, like, uh, if I find that I'm stepping into the framework code rather than, uh, like, client code, then I'll step out of that again because it's unlikely. I mean, I have spotted Magento books in the past, core books, but it's going to be quite unlikely that um, it's going to be a core book. So if you're just stepping through all that core code, that framework code, you're just going through code which is already working, it's just going to confuse you and like clog up your like, uh, memory. Yeah. Yes. Huh, yeah, I love. I like your example there about the uh, the memory issues. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I'm operating still sometimes on 256k upstairs, and yeah, it's. I agree that uh, keeping the stack trace in XDebug to a minimum, at least your investigated stack trace, can help to increase the amount of capacity to f understanding what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That's yeah. a great suggestion. That, yeah. So keeping a time limit is also another good way of maintaining your uh, comprehension of the situation. Just like setting a break point, following it through, and then like two hours later, you're 
still following it and you've forgotten what you're looking for. And <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's not necessarily ideal. Or for me, the actually the other problem for me though with Xdebug is well, plugins are the worst here because I use the keyboard, my keyboard F7, F8. I hit F8, I hit step over instead of step into. And all of a sudden I, I am completely screwed. I got to yeah. totally yeah. start my debug session because that was the one item that I had to dig, dig into. Um, but I guess it just comes down to being a little more careful there. Yeah, yeah. I have heard of um, some debuggers called time travel debuggers where you can actually step backwards in time as well as moving forward through the code. Never heard of that. But, yeah, I saw them um, like a couple of years ago, but I never got around to trying, trying one. Hmm. And um, unfortunately, um, uh, the, the examples which are on GitHub are now, now a bit out of date and they only support really old like PHP versions like PHP 5. Ooh, that's so, old. So they're not really useful anymore and they haven't been kept updated either. Yeah, that would have been a really great, a really great help. Yeah, well, that's great. So, at this point, you've built a, you've tried the easy stuff, which is a great suggestion. I love that. You've gathered a ton of information. You've been a a detective, an investigator. You've got, you've gathered the all the information as far as what you think is going wrong, and you've you're enforcing time limits. This is great. So, what's the next step uh, to getting this problem solved? Well, uh, the next step is to uh, try and understand why the bug is happening, and then that will allow you to come up with a possible fix. This is a good point where having a deep understanding of how all the core uh, elements of Magento work together can really be a benefit, because by understanding what should be happening and then comparing it to what is happening, it can often lead you to the smoking gun. This is what I call the, the comparison technique, where you take your broken code and then you compare it to something similar. Like um, if it's a, your controller isn't working, then you'll compare that controller to a controller which is working. And that's a very effective technique for mm-hmm. spotting like things, misconfigurations, because Magento is a configuration-heavy yes. framework. And if you don't put the right files in the right places with the right names and the right capitalization, then, you know, things just, um, Magento doesn't like that. So that's a great yeah. suggestion. Okay. Part of the, like the skill set of being a good debugger or a great debugger is knowing when to use which particular Absolutely. technique, which particular book, you know, it's like, uh, matching the medicine to the illness. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a great example. I love that. Yeah. That that's really good. Yes, exactly. We got, to, we have to, we have all these tools in our toolbox. The question is, when do we use them? And we want to use them effectively. Because ultimately, if a website's down, we need to use it quickly too, right? So it's not just a matter of the right one. We want to use the right one quickly to be able to get this website back up and online as quickly, as fast as possible. It might sound a bit surprising, but I actually try to avoid firing up Xdebug when debugging. Before I start up Xdebug, I always try and fix the problem um, like in my head first mm-hmm. by some of these techniques. Very good. Well, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Xdebug, uh, if you're if you're loading it off of production, depending on how you have that set up, it could take an extra 15 minutes to get everything reconfigured to use your local environment as opposed to uh, if there was another solution. So yeah, exactly. Xdebug is not always the very first choice we should run to for for solving problems. Yeah. 
yeah, when it's like a business critical thing, if the website isn't transactional anymore, then you don't want to waste time like uh, stepping through the code one line at a time. That's right. You want to find a, a quick solution, and that's when your underlying knowledge, your fundamental deep knowledge of the system comes mm-hmm. into play. Because, because then you know how all the components work together, like controllers, resource models, models, yes. like everything. You know the common customization points. Mm-hmm. So you know like, like which key events maybe are dispatched. So you know that um, if there's an exception being thrown, when yes. there's, a, if there's an error being thrown, like on the um, place order step mm-hmm. of checkout, then you know that probably going to be something's throwing an exception, possibly yes. in a, either a plugin or an event because they have a common uh, customization point. So you can then like narrow your focus to those bits without having to like start up a debugger and like step through line by line. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to quickly say before we move on to our final quick question that I always like to run by uh, our guests? Uh, so any other these quick debugging suggestions or tips that you found especially helpful or impactful for the work that you do? If everything seems to be working normally and you just can't figure it out, mm-hmm. then challenge your assumptions. So Good. is the code doing what you think it is doing or is it actually doing something else? Yes. And this is a critical thing in when you're using like Magento, it recommends using opcache, which mm-hmm. is a caching layer within PHP, which caches like things like file uh, class names and other bits of code. Um, so there are different like, layers of caching where things can get stuck, and um, you know refreshing those can uh, really help. You know, so right. You might you might live a live a huge framework like Magento. You can't keep all of it in your heads at the That's same right. time. So you need to just basically take like the black box approach and say that I don't need to know how this works. I just need to know that I put in X and I get out Y, and that and I that's good it. enough. But yeah. for, for them, like ninety percent of you know working with Magento. But when you're dealing with a bug, then that's the mm-hmm. time to like you know turn that black box into a white box and actually think: Is it actually doing what I think it's doing? Yes. Being being triggered, yeah, something like that, and and that's where the problem is being caused. Very good, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's that's great. Just more great suggestions. This is this is good. Um, all right, so let's talk about how would you suggest if you were to give our audience a uh, a, a a couple of suggestions as far as things that have been very helpful or beneficial to you in your career and in, in the projects, the problem projects you've completed, the problems you've solved. Uh, what would those suggestions or those pieces of advice be? Oof. Well, I would say the big, uh, the big, big lesson that I've learned is that um, you you can never know everything, and that's okay. Like when I was younger, and I see this in some junior devs as well, I mm-hmm. thought that and knew everything. You know, like uh, I knew the best way to do everything and how to do everything properly and you know, and all that. And the problem with that is, the attitude is that if you already, if you think you already know everything, then what's the point of trying to learn anything new? Of course. So so that means you, you don't, you're not curious anymore and you're not learning. Mm -hmm. And if you're not 
winning, then you're stagnating. And mm. the then moment for me came when I realized that actually it's admitting that uh, I don't know everything and that's okay. Well, the big uh, like Zen moments, that's like uh, mm. realize there's still so much more to learn and that's great. Yeah, one of the great examples I like to uh, use kind of illustrating exactly what you're saying is here in the States, we call it football. I don't know what you guys in the rest of the world call it, but it's that American sport. We throw that brown, brown, funny looking object. Uh, it's about like this big, that sort of thing through the air. It's so I know you guys call football something completely different. And it took me years to figure out why that was the case, even in that. But but anyways, uh, here in the States, we have football and um in January, or as excuse me, February, we have the, the the best teams play each other. It's called the Super Bowl, and the guy that won the Super Bowl this year, Tom Brady, is his name, and he is in his forties as a quarterback playing a very rough sport, and yet he won the Super Bowl, basically making him the he and his team the best football team in the United States for 2021. It just, it blew me away. I think he was playing arguably one of the best young quarterbacks, uh, best young football teams, and yet he completely obliterated them. And I think the reason is exactly what you were saying. He knew his limitations. He embraced them. He surrounded uh, himself with other people who complimented him. And as such, they made a really good team. So it wasn't like he was out there trying to be the best himself. And again, no shade to Mahomes, the other the other quarterback he was playing. But he understood where his weaknesses were, and he he totally knocked it out of the park. And exactly, uh, we, we don't have to be the best. We're never going to be the best. But by understanding that, we're able to, uh, I think, be much higher quality, we will understand our deficiencies and we will know when we need to boost those deficiencies and when we need to go ask somebody else for help to help us with boosting those deficiencies. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. I think uh, I totally uh, agree. Yeah. The, with that, uh, it, it always kind of reminds me of uh, when Donald Rumsfeld came up with his infamous, infamous known unknowns thing. Um, mm-hmm. where it's, there were things we, we know we don't know. And, Absolutely. I totally agree. Simon, this is this has been good. I appreciate you taking the time to share your journey, a very practical journey. Like you're you're in the same boat as all the rest of us. We're we're working to keep lights on at merchants, and that's kind of what it all boils down to. But uh you certainly have uh, done your fair share of that and learned a lot in the process. It's it's obvious to see. So um thank you for coming on and uh on behalf of all all of our listeners, thank you for uh sharing your advice here in this time. Well, great then, great. Thank you very much, uh, Joseph, for giving me this opportunity to share my knowledge. Yes, well, it has been it has been a pleasure, and I, I know we didn't get to cover everything. There was a couple other things, and I especially want to talk about testing. So maybe we'll have to have you on here in the future. We're going to have to get a good, uh, have a good conversation rundown about testing. That's one of those... You might say, yeah, I don't know if some people consider that to be the armpit of, uh, of, of, of writing code. It's, uh, not necessarily looked on usually favorably. And I think we need to do some talking about that. Mm, yes. I mean, yeah, no, I don't <laughs> think anyone who says they love their tests. Uh, yeah. And, uh, 
I'm a convert, certainly. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you. That's great. And and I'm mostly a convert myself. So uh, this this is this is good. So, anyways, it's a pleasure having you on. Thank you for uh, taking the time out of your uh, evening, I guess, uh, for you. Um, but uh, thank you for taking the time. It's been a pleasure having you on. Great stuff. Thanks very much. See you later. Take care. It was wonderful having Simon on here today. I I, I love the advice and you can just hear the experience that he has as he's working through solve. He solved a lot of problems and developed uh, a a system that has really been helpful for him. And if there is one takeaway, just even one takeaway from this conversation today is this. Go start your personal solutions log today. Go into get open a gist. Good grief, use Google Docs. Start that personal solutions log. Whenever you deal with a bug, a difficult bug, write it down in there. Uh, ideally, it's detailed and somewhat verbose, but if you don't have the time, at least scratch a few notes down. Take Simon's advice his, from his experience uh, and save yourself probably many, many hours in the future as a result of your investment now into your career. So. Uh, As always, I hope you uh, enjoyed this session and more than just enjoyed it, that you learned something from it and maybe more than just one thing from it. Uh, But anyways, it's been a pleasure having you part of this. I'm grateful to Simon for coming on, taking time out of his evening. Uh, And as always, if you would take just a couple of minutes, write us a review, hopefully a five-star review on any one of these uh, platforms that we are part of, certainly at YouTube as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. We would be more than grateful. So it's been a pleasure having you uh, here today, and I look forward to next time where we will be bringing you even more fantastic content.